This is Mentally Healthy Leaders with Tom Fox, supported by Landmark Solutions. Welcome to the Mentally Healthy Leaders podcast. I'm Kaya Lark and I'm producing the series. Tom Fox, the presenter, is the voice you'll hear on all the other episodes. But I wanted you, the listener, to be able to understand why we decided to make this podcast and how we hope to change the landscape around mental health in business. So I thought the best way would be for you to get to know Tom a bit better and understand how his own journey, suffering a breakdown before being diagnosed with complex PTSD, has shaped not only his work, but his passion for helping others. Tom, lovely to talk to you today. And you too. Now, it'll probably feel a bit strange for you being on the other side of the microphone for this episode, I'm guessing. But tell us a little bit about your background. Now, you served in the army for 13 years before you went into business. How did that shape you? I think it gave me a hell of a lot of tools uh, for being able to um, cope with high stress environments and um, and to be able to make quick decisions, basically. Um, once I left the armed forces, um, it became obvious to me that I was quite good at um, putting myself forward, putting myself out there. Um, and that helped me to get ahead quite quickly. Uh, some people transition slowly. Um, they find it hard to get jobs, get work or opportunities. But I, I found myself sort of throwing myself into that space and uh, and it paid off well for me. And when you left the army, initially you worked for the US government, didn't you, for a while? Um, but then you joined the corporate world. How different was that environment, that camaraderie that you'd been used to within the army? Yeah, it was very strange. It's um, You have to adapt to a whole new world. You have to realise that when you leave the armed forces, it's um, it's like a parallel world, really, to civilian life. And it's up to you to adapt to civilian life because that's really the normal. And so... I think really the, the big thing there is, is understanding how the outside world works <laughs> and um, fitting in. It's all about fitting in, isn't it, really? It is. Now, the issues with your mental health started to show around about six or seven years ago now. How were they manifesting themselves at the time? What signs were there that things weren't right? Yeah, you know, they sort of, um, I thought they'd just come out of nowhere. And of course, that's because I didn't really understand what was going on. Um one of the biggest problems that I had uh, initially was um, I started to have problems with my memory uh, and with my sleep. And uh, it was quite worrying. I was making mistakes. I was working as a financial advisor for uh, Lloyd's at the time. And of course, it's quite a technical role. And uh, some of the mistakes I was making were quite simple. And I seemed to be repeating those mistakes. Um and that caused a lot of frustration. It caused me a lot of worry and stress in its own right. I wasn't sleeping properly. I was worrying quite a bit. And um, I was kicking myself, to be honest with you. I was quite being quite negative about who I was because of this. And eventually, I just thought, you know, there, there must be something wrong here physically. Um, and so I booked an appointment with a doctor, went um, to see um, a specialist. Um, they did a scan. Obviously, they were looking for just in case it was a tumor or, or something serious um and it came back as you know my, my brain was absolutely normal apart from one part of my brain is actually smaller than it should have been for a man of my age and they weren't too sure whether it's shrunk or um or whether it's a natural thing but they told me not to worry about that i continue to have the problems though and it got to a point where i was coming back from um a training course i was on a train and um i thought i had a heart attack and i called 999 and when the medics turned up, they tested me. They also thought I was having a heart attack and they whipped me into hospital. And I was in there for two days. Um, they sent me through a whole series of tests designed to put my heart under stress and test me at rest, et cetera, et cetera. And again, that came back as um, inconclusive. I was thoroughly, you know, I was very healthy. I was running at the time, probably five days a week. I was in the gym four nights a week. My heart was fine. 
And um, they sent me home saying that I was okay. Well, of course, that wasn't okay for me. So I was quite worried then that I was going to have a heart attack or something and just collapse in the woods. Um, so I stopped running. I stopped going to the gym. Um, it really affected me. Uh, knowing what I know now, I know that was a massive panic attack that I'd suffered. But no one had suggested that it might be psychological. So, that, crikey, there were a lot of warning signs then, but nobody nobody around you was picking them up, not even the medical professionals at, at this point. Um, and then you got to a point where essentially you had a breakdown, didn't you? Tell me what happened. Yeah, we were going through a lot of changes. I was working for a, um, a global company, a global IT company, and we were going through a lot of changes at that point. And um, there'd been a buyout. And um, it wasn't being managed very well, to be totally honest with you. So I was a little bit of unsure about what my role was or what my you know duties were or what was expected of me. And things were changing constantly. And um, it caused me a few problems. And I started started to um i think probably i was a little bit too aggressive um again i started to be really stressed out suffering from anxiety my memory started to fail i just felt so tired all the time um, and it brought me into conflict with um with some senior people in business um and it got to such a point when i was so um just drained of it all that one morning i got up and I couldn't get out of bed, really. And um, I just decided that this was it. I needed to do something. I need to go and see a doctor. And that's what I did. I went to see my GP. I mean, I, I sat down and I said to her, look, I'm having some problems at work. Um, I'm mega stressed out, I think, and I need some time off. And she actually said to me, right, okay, well, what is it you do? Um, she said, well, that's fine. That sounds like quite a stressful environment. I said, well, it is. And she said, have you been under stress before? And I said, well, yeah, you know, I used to do this. And then she started asking me about my background, about, about who I actually was. And um, she started asking me about working in Iraq for the American government, for instance. So I, was, I did some anti-piracy work. And of course, been in the armed forces. And um, she said to me, look, I, I don't think it's depression that you've got. I think you've actually got a serious um, mental illness. I think you've got um, post-traumatic stress disorder. And I'd like you to go and see a psychiatrist um, to get an opinion of a professional. So you were lucky, in a sense, to have a, a really switched on GP who recognised those signs as soon as you started talking and actually asked you the right questions to then get you the right help rather than just prescribing more medication. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what happened in the past. You see, about a year before, uh, maybe even two years before, I'd, I'd realised that something was wrong. And um, I'd gone to the doctor and they'd just given me some antidepressants and said, look, it's quite normal. Um, and I said, well, I, I I haven't got a mental illness. And they said, well, it's, it's not about mental illness. You know, so many people are on antidepressants. It's just, it's just normal, really. And um, take these, they'll make you feel better. And that was it. And, and so that seemed to be it, really. Uh, and I was sent off. So, but it was only really actually speaking to that GP at that time and her taking the time to actually really question me about who I was that led to the diagnosis. And you were eventually, as you say, diagnosed uh, with PTSD, but with complex PTSD in 2015. What did that diagnosis mean for you at that point? Was it a relief to get that to understand what was going on inside your brain or did it have a different impact? How, how did that feel for you? Yeah, for me, it was very negative. My initial words to the psychiatrist when I was diagnosed was that that is, and I won't say the word, it's an expletive and uh, it doesn't exist and PTSD is fashionable um, and it seems to be something that everyone's got nowadays uh, and it's not me because I didn't believe that I had a mental illness simple as that um i believe probably a bit tired a bit worn out i was a bit stressed and all the rest of it that came with it but i didn't believe um that i had a mental illness for me that was other people people were born with mental illnesses and they were 
I don't know, separate from the society that I worked in and lived in and etc. And it was so completely alien to me. The psychiatrist diagnosed me, said, look, we've had a, a lovely chat for a, an hour, 45 minutes, but all that time I've been asking you questions um, to assess you. And um, you needed to answer a certain amount of questions in a certain amount of criteria. And at the moment, you're well off the scale. <laughs> and uh, I think that's my naivety of, around, you know, psychiatry and, and mental health. Anyway, I didn't realize what a psychiatrist did. I didn't even know he was asking me, you know, if a doctor had have said to me, how was your knee feeling? And I said, was a pain? And where is it? And point your finger. I would have got that. But questions he was asking me, I, I didn't even put two and two together that he was trying to make a diagnosis. And for people that don't know, what exactly is PTSD? Well, PTSD is the name of a of a um, of an illness, basically. But what it really is, it's it's a cluster of symptoms, um, and those symptoms can be um, different for different people. But they they relatively fall into four sort of separate clusters. So people have re-experiencing uh, of events. So they may have terrible memories that come back. They may have nightmares, things that intrude during the day. Even you know, they may have a, a thought in the middle of a day while they're doing something completely different, and um, people become hyper aroused um so they become anxious they become irritable they might have angry outbursts they might start behaving um quite negatively they have changes in mood um and their thoughts because people become very negative about themselves and about the world and about what's going on around their life we all say that we're our own worst critic but that is magnified you know really badly we see the world and the things that are going on as as, as quite bad and avoidance, you know, people avoid things. They avoid situations that could remind them of a, of a bad situation they've been in. In some instances, people don't want to go out. You know, when I was in combat stress, um, some of the guys that were in there, they, they, they could quite literally not leave the building. You know, it, was, it, was, it had taken forever to get them to leave their house to come to combat stress. And then they were taking steps then to sort of get them to start being able to even leave there. And so there are lots of different symptoms, basically, but those are the sort of main clusters of, uh, of symptoms of the illness itself. And how bad was it for you at its worst? For me, I really just wanted to give up, um, to be honest with you. Um, it got to a point with me that I, once I realised that I was ill uh, and I came to accept it, that I was ill, the diagnosis that is it brought my world crashing down it pretty much emasculated me i, I didn't it, it meant that i wasn't the man that i thought i was i suddenly thought i was weak and i couldn't cope and i had a mental illness that means that people with mental illnesses they're they're abnormal aren't they you know that's how i was feeling about it and um you know i really just wanted to take myself off i wanted to sell up basically i wanted to leave my family i wanted to sell up um go somewhere quiet and i buy a farm in France somewhere and never talk to anyone again, or maybe just, you know, go near a beach and I'm a, I'm a diver. I just want to go diving and stuff. Just really, you know, we said about avoidance and about um, that changes in mood and thoughts and becoming negative. And, and that's really how that badly affected me. Um, also aroused, you know, the anxiety, the, the snapping very quickly, not being able to cope with things that happened around me. You know, someone might say something and it would be enough to, really send me quite hyper so lots of terrible things that are going on and you don't really know how to control any of them mm. and I mean you you mentioned there that you wanted to leave your family you had a young child a wife at the time what was the impact on on the family yeah I mean it was it was it was really bad and I, and I still feel guilty now at the time when I was ill I didn't want to play with my son I, it was too much for me to even sit down and pick a toy up and play with him I, I felt I was making excuses about why I couldn't be in the house. I was trying to isolate myself away from my family. And at that time, of course, then, well, 
as they do now even you know they need you they need you to be there and so it was i think very very hard and stressful for my partner um luckily my little boy at the time was a baby and so you know that's a saving grace really i suppose in some respects but um it just but then again as i say the negative thoughts again I was, I was thinking I'm such a bad person. I'm such a bad father. I, I should be doing this. I should be playing my baby. I should be doing these. I should be looking after my family. And I'm, I'm a failure. I can't do that. Your mental health experiences ultimately led to a complete change of career for you, didn't it? Now, tell me about the business, Thoughtify. What exactly do you do now and, and who are your main clients? So what happened was when I was, um, once I realized that I was ill and what the illness was uh, I, I decided the best way that I could overcome the illness and manage it properly um, defeat the illness if you want was to understand it and so I read up on it and um, I started to understand why I was having these feelings why these things were affecting me in the way they were uh, and that led me to read more about mental health and about mental illness and come to terms with it you know and realize that you know a mental illness if you develop a mental illness it's just as the same as if you develop cancer or a tumor or, or, or break your leg it's one of those things it's life it happens um and so i decided the best thing that i could possibly do was with the knowledge that i now had um i'd, I'd seen people i realized that i'd seen people in business um for years struggling they had problems i'd, I'd put it down so that they were you know, they were snappy or they were moody or they were tearful or they weren't doing their job properly or whatever. And I now realize these people weren't well. And so I thought the best thing I could do here is really turn this negative into a positive. Um, and what I decided to do was start a business and start a business where I would go out and I would deliver training um, to companies about mental health, i.e., you know, mental health first aid courses, awareness courses, stress, anxiety, and, and teach people about it. Uh, to a point where they could understand it themselves and maybe even spot these symptoms in themselves, you know, and, I, and that's what happens now. I talk to people, we go out and deliver these courses and very often, you know, people will talk to me quietly um, during the course or after the course or, or whatever. And they'll say, to me, I'm, I've been feeling like that for, you know, for a while and this has happened. Do you think it might be this? Or, you know, and I say to them, look, I can't diagnose you, but from all the things you're telling me, do you not think it'd be good if you went and actually spoke to a medical professional to to have that conversation and see what it is and and you see that happen I, I see that happen on every course at least once gosh so that must be rewarding in a sense that, that you're giving people the opportunity now to open up about their own mental health now you're also the representative for mental health on two nhs working groups aren't you what do you do there yeah, I was um, I was invited to join one of the NHS England working groups uh, for military mental health. And um, what that was really was to help guide the commissioning for services, um, i.e. what the NHS needs to do is that they're, they're, you know, they really want to um, help provide a top um, class service for um, the armed forces community. But what they do need to know is what they're doing right and what they're not doing so well. And that helps guide them. So I joined the group to help look at the commissioning. I was invited to join the patient or public patient voice group. And what that is, that's people that have been through um, NHS services themselves and so can talk about how that service helped them or didn't in that respect. And we invite people to come in from the armed forces community and talk about their experiences of receiving treatment. Uh, majority of the time, they're really, really good. Other times we hear stories that are not so good. And the thing is with that, though, is that because we're working so closely with the um, director, uh, for NHS services for armed forces and the head of commissioning 
those comments go back to the people that do make a difference and can actually make the changes. And so we're seeing so many fantastic positive changes coming out of, uh, of the work we've been doing over the last couple of years. That is fantastic. Now, in terms of the podcast, why did you want to make this podcast? Oh, I see a lot of businesses talking about mental health and uh, about the changes they make and about mentally healthy workplaces, et cetera, et cetera. But I still see um, a lot of stigma out there. You know, yes, people talk more about mental health, but, you know, it, it's silly to assume that businesses have changed overnight and, you know, there's no stress and anxiety and people aren't becoming ill. And so I think that change needs to start at the top. True leadership, you know, lead by example. And so I reached out to um, some really inspirational leaders and I asked them if they would talk about their own experiences. Um, and I hope that what will happen is by those people ex uh, sharing their own experiences, that will encourage people, for, you know, wherever they are in the organization, they can be the guy that's just started um, in the mailroom. It could be the, the guy that's the director of sales. It could be anyone in between. You know, I'm hoping by listening to these leaders talk about their own stories it will encourage those people to come forward and talk about their own issues if they start feeling that they're having problems that they can't cope and that's really how I see change happening mm. and like you say together we really want to change that conversation don't we on mental health particularly in business we believe we can achieve that with the podcast series yeah I mean when I was talking to some businesses um, some directors you know HR directors senior leadership in businesses even just a year two years ago um, one of the common pushbacks that I had was that if we talk about mental health people will start becoming ill and so they didn't want to call it mental health they wanted to call it well-being or they wanted to call it some other thing and and I said no look you're just you're just helping put another brick in that wall you know it is mental health we do need to talk about it but helping people educating people uh, and encouraging people to talk and then training people to how to have conversations and listen really to help people in the workplace you know, that breaks down a lot of barriers. It breaks down stigma. It breaks those walls down. And, and you will have a healthier, more happier workforce that doesn't feel stigmatized, you know, uh, and, and feels that they can speak up if they feel that things are happening in their life that are causing them problems that are, are reflecting in work. Um, but that was hard for a lot of businesses to see. And, and I still think some businesses feel that way as well. Mm. Now, I'm really excited to be working with you on this. We've got some great guests coming up, haven't we? Covering all manner of mental health conditions and illnesses. Yeah, we've got some some really good people coming on. Um, and they'll be talking about things like breakdown, burnout, depression, bipolar, which is massively misunderstood. Postnatal depression, again, understood, misunderstood. Anxiety, pretty much most of the more common mental illnesses or, or things that people struggle with. You know, we see people struggling with anxiety and depression in the workplace, but again, people don't really realize what the symptoms are. Um, but when you actually start talking about it and what it is and what symptoms are and how you can spot it in people, it just becomes so blindingly obvious. And so this is what this is about. They're also going to be sharing their thoughts and advice uh, for individuals and also businesses on, on maintaining good mental health uh, and how to support mental health in the workplace. So it's educational, both for individuals that want to listen to the podcast, but also for businesses that want to think differently about how they can help their own people. Well, I've personally learned a huge amount about all aspects of mental health while working with you on this and look forward to that very much continuing thank you so much tom for talking to me today and for being a mentally healthy leader yourself thank you very much kai it's been a pleasure so that's a bit about tom we have a host of amazing guests on the podcast so i hope you'll join us to hear their inspirational stories 
In the first episode, Tom will talk to Mark Neal, Managing Director of Landmark Solutions, about how his loss of identity and frustrations at work led to his depression and how he now wants to ensure his workforce have a safe place to discuss their mental health. If you'd like to get in touch with us about mental health training courses or executive coaching, then visit thoughtify.co.uk. You can also find us on social media. My name's Kyle Ark. Thank you for listening to Mentally Healthy Leaders. 